0: Unarmored Talk Podcast, episode number four, A Day I Will Never Forget, hosted by Mario P. Fields, with today's guest, Navy Cross recipient, Aubrey L. McDade Jr., Gunnery Sergeant Retired, United States Marine Corps. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast where we will have real-life conversations that hopefully helps you develop an accurate way of thinking. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to discuss how feelings, emotions, and thoughts can influence the outcome of a personal or professional challenge. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today we have Navy Cross recipient, Aubrey L. McDade Jr., Gunnery Sergeant, United States Marine Corps, retired to bless this podcast with his presence, Aubrey, how are you doing, my man?:
1: My man, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Man, that introduction made me want to hear it all over again.: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, you know you, you know you and I have had a professional relationship for over a year, and I've really got to know you personally and professionally, and that was yeah, no you know, that was from the heart, not rehearsed, and uh, you earned it, man. you're just a, you're just a wonderful, amazing uh, human being. My oh, man, pleasure pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, hey, tell, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself.
1: Man, uh, I got a lot of moving parts, man. Uh, first and foremost, um, we got about 30 minutes. So I won't go into all those details, but uh, I come from very humble beginnings, and I was thinking about how to sum that up, and I came up with 808681. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people probably don't think that's a zip code or area right, code right. or something, but uh, Some people will my lunch. try to
0: call and it, think it's your phone number or something. They're gonna try
1: to call. Right it. for sure. <laughs> that's that's my lunch number from from school. Um, uh, just to speak to um, how challenging my life was before the Marine Corps. Right. Um, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I obviously, went through a whole bunch of stuff in the Marine Corps. Um, I have nine children. I have eight sons and a daughter, and I got so a nine. daughter on the way in January. So
0: nine blessings. So eight sons, and then you finally got your little girl.
1: Yeah, and I have a daughter on the way. Uh, my fiance is pregnant. Um, we'll be having our baby on January 1st.
0: Man, congr- yeah. congr- congr- congrats. You yeah, probably man. have a New Year's Eve, so <laughs> <laughs> y'all can break into New Year's, man. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and I'm going to be getting married on November 11th. Um,
1: that's wow. the day I, yeah. I just feel like you you replace some traumatic experiences with some good with right. some good ones and you keep pushing.
0: Well let hey let's if you don't mind first congratulations early. Second, My man. A, big, a big guy like you, you need a little girl to break you down. So I'm glad that you already I got a daughter too, and I'm telling you, man, she breaks me down. But uh hey, but let let's get right into the topic. You know, it's veterans it. day, your second deployment to Iraq, second battle of Fallujah. Walk walk us through that day, man. Walk us through that day for, for us. I, before I do that, man, I, I want to, I've never had the opportunity to
1: say this, and yeah. I don't know if someone was listening or not, um, but I was supposed to get out the wrinkle. I wasn't even supposed to go on that deployment. Oh, really? And I was, yeah, I was so angry, bro. I was angry. So if any of my guys who were listening, that was Bravo Company 1-8 that served with me before Fallujah, I'm not upset now. Um, uh, but I was angry. I was angry with them, man. Everybody got out. Wow. Everybody got out. Um, every Bravo company one, eight alone was about 88, maybe 90%
0: dream Marines, no deployments, uh, no field ops. And this is, this is going back on your second deployment.
1: Yes. Second deployment to Fallujah. This is my third deployment total, but second deployment to Fallujah. Right.
0: So you, um, so you pretty much had a young group of, of warriors. With no, not not yes. much combat experience.
1: Yes, um, I volunteered to go on that deployment just because of that. You know, wow. um, when the new Marines came in, our company was at a uh, AP Hill doing some training, and um, the only fill out they had was something we set up at one of the basketball courts on the June to you know teach them, um, you know, um, like the hip pocket all that and... entry control, all, all that stuff. Right? It was like a little on base field out that we made just kind of get them some some training and stuff. And I saw it and I was like, man, we're gonna go on pre-deployment leave. And these guys haven't had a real field out. You know, I did what I could for a Bravo company with, you know, have Marines in the quad, gun drills, and all that kind of stuff, but that could possibly get us prepared for what we was gonna endure in Fallujah.
0: So here it is forward. So here it is, you're a sergeant. You didn't want you wanted to get out you're like, you know what? Somebody's got to lead these young warriors. So, so you make the choice to stay in to get them prepared for what they didn't know was coming.
1: Bravo! I had I had a I had a, uh, a unique career, man. Uh, Bravo Company was my family away from blood. You know, I was in Bravo Company One Eight, same section, same platoon for six years. Wow! Unheard of. Yeah, I was like the grand old man of One Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about supply knew me, the uh D at the time knew me, Motor tea, everybody. I could just go and you know train and get what I needed to support the mission. Um, yeah, I just it just didn't feel right. I couldn't leave. Right. Um, so I went on a deployment, uh, my wife at the time and I told her, I said, look, you know, I gotta do this. And you know, she was she's a strong woman, she supported me in it. Right. And so um we fast forward to Fallujah and Obviously, Fallujah wasn't, you know, the entire seven months we was out there. Right. Uh, we did, you know, uh, al Asad. we did ASP Wolf, Haditha Dam, all that stuff. And when we got to Fallujah, um, my prayers at night was, I hope we don't go. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm glad you, I'm, because- I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think, you know, you're a Marine, you're trained for, you know, you're trained for the fight. You can't wait to go for the fight. But not a lot of people talk about what you just talked about, how your emotions is like I'm actually praying for peace and not for war you know i'm I'm praying that we don't go that and and thanks for sharing that because that's something I think we don't talk enough about i I, I tell you man it's each his own um
1: those people who was praying for that um I feel sorry for you right uh um to understand what losing mm-hmm. a life feels like and what it even looks like yeah. uh, to actually ask for that to happen, regardless of who's on the end of that muzzle. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah. So anyone that was asking for that, uh, they was chasing something or they wanted something. Right. Uh, me, I just wanted to be able to, you know, let's eat this MRE for a couple more weeks. <laughs> let's go home with these guys, you know, hook up with our ladies after deployment and <laughs> live our lives and be far. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, and I was hoping that God saw fit for all of us to be able to do that but unfortunately right. it wasn't that way right um, quick story before I even get to the Fallujah thing um, Nathan Anderson, one of the guys that uh, we lost in his ambush yeah. uh, before we went out there, he pulled me aside he and I, we got into it, nobody knows about this it was just he and I, Corporal Anderson Sergeant McDade and he pulled me aside, he said Say Sergeant, so why are you acting like a like a B-word? He called me a B-word. I was like, bro, you know, I don't get down like that. No, that's not who I am. So we, we had to have this talk and I had the same conversation you and I just had. I said, man, I was born in combat. Right. You know, I'm not trying to be, you know, no you know, David Crockett, Dan Daly Smiley, but I'm not trying to do none of that. Right. I'm trying to go home. I'm not afraid of, for what's going to happen. I'm not afraid what's going to happen for everyone else. Right. You know, when when you think about being my brother's keeper, it ain't about going out here and chasing glory. It's about preserving lives. For me, Um, if we had never shot a shot a bullet in Iraq, I wouldn't care. You know, to be able to come home and be able to still see the Marines that I had a hand in training in that are my family for four to six years is way more important than going out here and you know killing a bad guy. But that's what we had to do. Yeah. So, uh, Fallujah, man. Um, the most challenging thing I ever had to do and for me it's kind of a a miracle uh, we go out there we train for this we train hard for this right you know uh, Stasson Brown Captain Noble at the time those guys were relentless in training son and Shane The guys were relentless in our training. Uh, We embodied the pain and the the discomfort to make sure that we're prepared for best case scenario, worst case scenario. Um, We're on this patrol and our ROEs, rules of engagement, were see the enemy, kill the enemy. We were out there to literally clear this city out. They had already been warned.
0: Yes. If you don't don't mind me asking, were y'all on patrol? Was it dark or was it was it at night or was it uh, kind of sun? It was. It was nighttime. It was nighttime. Okay, so it was um, night. I can't really, re-
1: yeah, I can't really remember the time. Yeah, um, it's like everything runs together when you got adrenaline pumping at such a rate yeah. that we had. Uh, so but it, it was nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dark. Um, if I had to put a time on, I would say probably after twenty two hundred, after ten. Okay. Um, and we're on this patrol, and our like I said, Roosevelt games. It was you know shoot and kill. We see the enemy is is game on. Yeah. Iraqi Special Forces wasn't supposed to be in our area of operation. They're supposed to be chaperoned and escorted through the city by you know, a detail of army soldiers. Right. And whatever reason or another, on our patrol, we saw Iraqi Special Forces. And they weren't chaperoned by the army. Wow. We had these raggedly PRR radios, and forgive me, I don't know what PRR stands for, but um, it wasn't the most reliable thing. And I'm a machine gunner went in the back of this patrol and I hear the radio traffic going on. Cooper Anderson, once I got to tell you about, yeah. uh, he called back. He was a point man. Hey, so we got Iraqi Special Forces ahead. My mind, no. RE say they're not supposed to be here. Right. Let's go ahead and get let the business and get them out of here. Nobody can hear me on this PRR radio. Probably the worst memories that I have of that night, one of the worst memories that I have of that night, me screaming over the radio. Open fire. Open fire. They're not right. supposed to be here. Open fire. And I hear our platoon commander at the time, you know, him and Anderson having a conversation about it. He stops the patrol, pushes all outboard and everything. And I tell Corporal Rose, I said, man, I'm going. Hey, take the machine gun, go down this way. Colbus, take the machine gun, go down there. Those, those are my two uh, machine gun team leaders. Right. And I'm, as I'm running through the front, running to the front to try to get to, you know, Staff Sergeant Brown and uh, Lieutenant Eckert, Fire. They opened up fire on the alleyway um, I didn't know what ammunition they had at the time right. Ammunition they had at the time But um, from what I remember Anderson was killed on impact um, A Marine, Lance Corporal Russell Was severely injured And Lance Corporal Dominance was severely injured By the time I get up there um, Staff Sergeant Brown has Established a CCP already. It was a casualty collection point And I'm in there, I'm talking to him hey, What's going on, what happened Right. Um, he told me, he said man I, I think Anderson is gone uh, I think we got two other ones hit, and we don't have tank support for like 45 minutes. I again, I said I don't have a concept of time. I don't know what it is, but instantly for me, my reaction is the same reaction that yours would be, or that a mother's would be if their kid was in a burning building. Right. Um, and you I know, say, "Hey, man,
0: it's I, funny." It's funny you mentioned that because a lot of times I I believe that a lot of times we wonder what would I do. You know, what would I do if I was in an intersection? and a car just got crushed, or, or, or I'm in combat, and that happens to me. Like, really, what would I do? So I'm glad you brought that up. Like, you just instant reaction to, you know, to, to the care you have for a loved one, and you just react to save them. But no, thanks for highlighting that.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's who I am. Um, I loved my Marines. I think yeah. we were so successful as a unit because we bred that family Environment in one eight, and I had some really good leadership in one eight when I yeah. first started out. Um, and and the Marines that that, that took us to um, Fallujah were exceptional. They were absolutely exceptional. Um, Staff Sergeant Brown, I think he's from West Virginia. Little short white guy, probably got his probably about five six with soul or someone is like six seven. Oh man, he's um, he would. Yeah, in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he he, he um, that's that's what we bred, you know. Yeah, um, and I truly invited them to be able to see these young guys come in. Got to go through the rigorous environment of Corporal McDay Sergeant McDay mm-hmm. on their behinds all the time, whether it be um, field inspections or field operations or PT or bull in the ring because we should beat each other up a lot too. Right. Um I, mean, I, I love those guys, and for me, it was it wasn't even a thought. I didn't I can't tell you the emotion that I felt. The emotion right. that I felt was I need to go. Yeah, right. Um and instantly what came to me was you know, we got these happy plates on, but you know, if Anderson got hit and he's dead, I'm taking the gear off. I'm gonna rely on speed and um hopefully wow. they don't get me too.
0: So 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 to yeah, so increase took, your speed, you actually took the gear off so you can took everything off. so you can move faster to get him. Yes, sir. I took everything
1: wow. off. Uh I told wow. Brown, I said, Man, I said, Don't let me die. He said, He said, All right, man, I'll do the best I can don't got tank support for like 45 minutes. Be careful. And I'm I'm kind of retarded and motivated, man. In the middle of combat, I swear to God. In the middle of combat, I drop down, I do Mr. Push-ups, get my breath together, and I take off. <laughs> I take off. You're um, amazing. You
0: you, you know, and, and the thing is the citation, the citation or anybody's accounts of the story doesn't it doesn't reveal the small things of how you reacted, you know, by by stripping your gear. You know, doing some push-ups and going, here we go, baby. Let me go get my brother. Yeah, man.
1: Um, wow. I dashed across this alleyway. And I don't know how big or how long it was. I dashed across this alleyway. Um, and the first Marine I land on is, uh, at the time, Lance Corporal Kelly, who later became Lieutenant Kelly. I think he died in Afghanistan.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: learned about that when I was on the drift. I don't know all the details about it. But uh, landed on top of him. We're laying down. And he's kind of hysterical. I calm him down. I said, Who got here? Where they at? And he telling me, I don't know. I don't know. I think Russell got hit. I don't know where they are. So uh, we're laying down, and I can tell that the enemy must have a night vision capability because they got some pretty accurate fire. Right. Um, And it's back this alleyway. That's porches and stuff. It's kind of like just a, you know, maybe like a New York City alleyway or something like that. Um, Iraq. They got these big stucco kind of houses, but a lot of metal fences and gates and stuff uh, with porches behind them. I think it was maybe Corporal Rose or, at the time, it was Corporal Corpus. I don't, I'm not really sure which one of my Marines it was, but I know the sound of that 240. So whoever it was, they got the 240 in position to be able to return fire on the enemy. Wow. And I then, I got up, I sprinted, and I jumped over this porch and landed on the cashier Marines, like four or five of them. And I didn't know who all was there. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I wasn't being selfish, but that's Corporal Russell was, I knew him, but he was a boot. Didn't really know him. Like, I didn't really get a chance to engage with him as much as I did with Anderson. Right. Um, Dominance either. Th- those guys were like the brand, brand new guys. Just, Anderson. Just fresh, second, fresh out of SOI. <laughs> fresh out of SOI. Fresh out of um, Anderson, this was his second deployment with me. His first deployment with me was right? where well, we engaged with the enemy. We got our combat action with him, but it was nothing right. like this. Um, yeah, so I landed on these cash-in marines and i land on the marines and russell he's telling me he say, i'm hit, i'm hit, i'm hitting my leg i'm hitting my leg and i'm looking at his leg and what i remember is he must have got hit by a 50 carol or something because his wow. leg was not not to be so gory but his leg was maybe hanging on together by a piece of flesh as big as your wrist from what yeah. i remember um Mm-hmm. And we're laying down in a prone position I'm taking all this gear and stuff off And I pick him up And I start running That 240 opened up for me again Gave me a little window And I start running I got him on my shoulder The fire was carrying And I distinctly remember There's A burst of rounds hitting in front of my feet Hitting in the back of my feet wow. And they're getting closer They're getting closer and they're getting closer And when I've accepted What's about to happen to me and us? I fall in a pothole. I fall in a pothole. And ironically, I fall in this pothole, and rounds hit just before my body, skip past my body,
0: hit after my body. Oh my gosh.
1: Now they teach you to fall perpendicular to the rounds, when you get an incoming, fall perpendicular, they teach you, you know, fall perpendicular to the rounds, you get an incoming fire, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, we didn't train to do that. That just kind of happened for us. So for those people that are listening, uh, you believe in potholes or potholes saved my life that night. You mm-hmm. believe in God and God looked out for us that night. Amen. Um, I got up, picked Russell up, got to the CCP. Um, our corpsmen were absolutely amazing. Um, they were kind of at shock at first. You know, I bring them. Hey Amen. I need y'all. Let's go. Need right. y'all. That's when Brian came out there. So organizing everything. And those guys went to work. They went to work. They did an exceptional job. Um, I come back out of the CCP, and I'm low crawling. I'm trying to stay tight to the tight to the bulkhead, low to the ground. Trying right. to use whatever brush I could, whatever brush I could, because I know that they have to be able to see me to be such accurate with these weapons. Um,
0: as so I'm you're crawling, going, you're, you're going back to where you just ran from.
1: Yes, going back. Uh, this time I don't cross the street though. I stay on this side of the street, right? Um, and I'm low crawling. And I have no idea where I'm going, bro. I don't see anything. I just got my face to the deck, and I'm just going. Jeez. And then I find myself, I done came against this bulkhead or this porch. And I jump over it, and I accidentally land on top of Lance Corporal Dominance. I don't know if he's Dominican or Puerto Rican or whatever, but he's a little firecracker. <laughs> he's another 5'5", five, five, guy. He's like one of them Chihuahuas. He's, yeah, So <laughs> he got shot the- through. He's in you my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, full of fire, man, full of fire. Um, he got
0: shot through the trap, I think. Um, uh, so you landed on the left him, side. You landed on him by mistake. By mistake. I'm looking for Anderson.
1: Right. I'm looking for everyone, but I'm looking for Anderson. Right. Um, and I don't say that to be selfish. I just say that that my intent was, I need to find Anderson. I, right. I got to get um, him. Right. Uh, Land on dominance and you no, know, he's a tough guy. He's like. Hey, Sergeant, I'm not leaving my weapon. I said, don't leave your weapon. Shoot it. Take his gear off and pick his little stuff up. We're running and he's letting rounds go. Um, get him to the CCP.
0: So, he, and, so, so you you're carrying him pretty much and he's still engaging the enemy.
1: Yeah. Dominant ain't happening. He's like, yeah, he's trying to hit something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked I haven't talked to a man in a while, uh, but if he has an opportunity to listen, miss you, bro. Um, Impressive. Yeah, get back to the CCP. You know, drop him off. Um, And now when I go back out, we have tanks. Um, On the back of the tank, they have a radio. And we went through the tank integration training. You know, the radio on the tank stretches out about 50 feet. You know, you want to use it and stretch out and get some cover and concealment so you don't get concussion from the tank. Right. But for me, no, this tank is my my cover and concealment. I'm not going nowhere. So um, I'm on the phone talking to the tank crew, trying to orient them to where I think the rounds are coming from. um, And they find them. And before I even knew it, they fired two rounds, and I was dazed. Like, I didn't know what was going on. My ears ringing. It's not coming all out of my face. Uh, wow. I am not coherent as to what's going on. I just know that I'm going to keep touching this tank, and I'm going to keep going. I even got burnt by the exhaust from the back of the tank, so I knew I was close. So I just moved out of the way and kept touching the tank. And when the tank stopped, I was able to come to, and we were standing over Anderson's body. We were getting back to the CCP um, And with them, said, and a lot of people may think that that probably was the hardest time of the night. The hardest time of the night was when we were defeated. When the Marines were defeated, we actually lost that many guys of opportunity, right? And Marines were, you know, hurting, hurting, and grieving. Yeah, and the hardest part is myself. You know, um, I think at the time first on he came, he came by there and start on Brown, hey we gotta get these Marines up, we gotta go. Right. So I don't get a chance to breathe. I'll get a chance to process what we experience. I gotta be Sergeant McDade. Hey y'all, let's go. We ain't going like this. This was happened. We're going to make it right. Let's go. And we get up and we keep moving. Um I'm proud of myself. Not for that, but it took me that was 2004. Almost 16 years um, to be able to tell that story, yeah, without breaking. Um, speaks volumes to the work that I put in for myself um, to just be able to live present with my experiences versus allowing it to control
0: me. No, and 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 I appreciate you. You know, getting yourself to this point, you know, where you're you're able to come on live. Um, and talk and share with the world aubrey with the world um, your unique experience and how how you've overcome that by sharing by talking by working like you put effort in to be able to in 2020 you know sit on sit with me if you will and and share some amazing 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 reflections um, on two thousand and four that that night on November the eleventh and um, and I just I just thank you for it. I, I do have a question. At any time, you know, any time during this deployment or that, that night, did your family ever cross your mind? And if so, how did your emotions and feelings, how were you able to deal with that? I didn't.
1: I told not to. Um, yeah. I had that conversation with my wife at the time and my, my kids at that time. I do a really good
0: job at you know giving up. My bad, man. No, you no. This is unarmored talk, man. This is. I would. I a hey, men cry, boys don't. That's just that's what I believe. And I've done yeah, a I lot of that in guys, my life. Man. So, and I just you know you I miss. I got a great relationship, so I don't even consider this as a guest. I consider you as you know one of my brothers. Dude, you literally, I missed them so much, bro. Yeah, I miss him so much. And uh,
1: it pains me that, you know, we made it through all this stuff. And we know how to fight for ourselves, bro. Yeah. Like, rings out here. I wish that we could take our experiences of PTSD and depression and put it on a target at 500-yard line and, you know, slow steady squeeze the target and get rid of it. It doesn't work that way. And I don't understand how we go out there and do some amazing things and some Experience the most horrific things, and we can't even fight for ourselves. Yeah, and we're out here killing ourselves. That's that's the hardest thing to experience. When you think about, we made it through the hardest thing, and you made it through it. You will come back and do the image job for him. Right. I can not grasp that. Um, yeah. Suicide numbers and stuff is going up, man. And we're impact players, and I don't know how to position myself to be able to help somebody. Um, and people. Not getting the help or you know isolating themselves is is making me feel helpless but uh as far as my family goes at the time my marines was my family yeah you know and i don't mean to be ugly to my ex-wife at all but she knew and she knows who i am as a man and as and as, as a marine um I made sure they were success- I made sure they were going to be able to be successful if something would have happened to me um but she knew what I was willing to sacrifice when I left um I truly thank her for being my partner that way right. it allowed me to be able to go out there and not have to worry about back home because I know she had it um yeah, so I focused on the family that I was out there with um, yeah
0: and, and I would tell you, I, Ar- I would tell you Aubrey from. When I announced that you were going to be my guest on this show and the feedback that I have seen from the social media platforms, you, you are making a difference. And I, I believe that this this interview will save a life. Some young man or woman who is battling depression, which is very serious, um, it is deadly, but that I believe they will say if Aubrey McDade Jr., can live through that, come home and give all the effort in the world to be able to to just still be here and not choose suicide as an option. You're gonna save more than one life. Um, Arvon.
1: yeah, I tell you, man, to be totally transparent. It's a fight for your life every day.
0: Yeah, it is. You no, know,
1: I wouldn't sit up here and try to be this hard ass guy. I was never suicidal. Right. I picked fights in the bars. I was in shootouts outside of Pelusia. I was in shootouts so while I was at duty marine. Right. Um, with local thugs and, and ignorant people just because I'm trying to feel something. I was a pretty good drill instructor because I couldn't sleep. Right. Not because I was just intense, but let me get these recruits and make some noise so I can drown out what's going on in my head. Right. Um and I understand, you know, I'm not yeah, I'm not coming down on people who are thinking about suicide. I know what it's like to want to turn the noise off in your head. It's just too loud, you can't get it out. I understand. Yeah. Um you gotta fight for your life. It's the the the, the easy thing is to say. The hardest thing to do is I need some help, and then find the right person that's really gonna be a
0: servant to help you. Yeah, uh, and I got luck. No, I like I that. I, got lucky. I like that. No, no, thanks, Aubrey. And um, you it, it 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 before before we get off the show, man. You know, Veterans Day is coming up, and I know that's a tough day for you. And I have a few heroes, but I'm telling you, you're one of my heroes. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the show again, and I'm not saying this because of the Navy Cross that you earned. I'm saying this because you're just a good human being. And I just thank God that I was able to get to know you and to be blessed by you. So do you have any last remarks to say to the listeners and viewers?
1: Man, since I've been retired, I've learned so many things through my own research and my own mistakes and and what I come to learn is tomorrow doesn't exist. Tomorrow doesn't exist. And if we get blessed to have tomorrow, it's only going to be as great as it can be because of what we've done today. Life is worth living. It really is. Um, don't settle. Don't go along and get along. A lot of people think the opposite of courage is uh, cowardice. I believe it's conformity. You're afraid to be who you are. You're afraid to live your life on your own terms. It's yours. Right. Especially for my Iraq and Afghanistan vets. You done fought for it. <laughs> Literally, you fought for it. Live it. Right. Live it. Um, yes, Veterans Day is a very challenging day for me. I'm gonna fix that. I'm getting married on eleven. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting married on eleven. My my wife is gonna is gonna be my celebration. Uh my my life celebration. We're gonna celebrate our Marines, but we're gonna celebrate our union uh for the rest of my life. Uh amen. that's what I'm doing. Amen. Um amen. Yeah, re- re- replace those bad memories with some good ones and and you know keep it
0: moving. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna close this out with a quote from Aubrey McDay: replace bad memories with good memories. And I love you, brother. A early congratulations, love you too, to your bro. lovely bride and your little girl that's on the way, probably New Year's Eve. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Unarmored Talk podcast. Subscribe at www.unarmoredtalk.com to receive information on the release of upcoming episodes. Unarmored Talk podcast is sponsored by Global Inspirational Speakers, LLC, a inspirational speakers bureau that connects inspirational speakers to the world.